Yeah, I was gonna say, do you want to hear something really bad? This is this is what I did today. This this makes me a terrible fucking person. But uh, I, I was no, <laughs> I was I was driving into work today, and, and traffic this morning was really shitty because our area is calling for a lot of snow and stuff. And I come up to this intersection, and uh, and the traffic's like jammed. And this guy starts like this pedestrian walks up to the front of my car, and uh, and he looks at me. And he's giving me this nasty glare, and I'm thinking, you son of a bitch, why you look, why you give me that look? And I give him the evil glare back, and it turns out he wasn't giving me a look. It was just his face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That is awesome. (laughs) I felt like an ass. Hey everybody, welcome to Elder Speak, the official podcast of ElderGeek.com. You're on episode number 34. With me this week, I've got Kip Petrantonio and Gavin Green, and special guest this week is Mats Polska. We're going to be talking about Pixel Junk Shooter, Little Big Planet on the PSP, the video game awards, and our reactions to them. So, um, let's get the ball rolling here. We're going to be talking about our uh, what we've done geeky this week. Um, Gavin, Kip, me, which one of you guys want to go first? Should I go? I do. You want to go first? All right, hit him, Kip. So first, I'd just like to react to my triumphant return. Yeah. <laughs> which, I mean, doves should be released, and fireworks should be going off, and, you know, children should be laughing, and all that. Um, uh, I've been playing Pixel Junk Shooter, which is just the best game ever. I mean, <laughs> I just did so much fun. Okay, do you guys know what the first, the first boss is? No. It's a giant enemy crab. <laughs> Do you attack its weak point for massive damage? You actually you do. You have to attack its weak point, and there are, is massive damage. It they yeah. have to have done it on purpose, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, the game the game is just so cool. Like I I love it. I absolutely love it. It's um the fluid dynamic. It's almost just fun just to play with the fluid dynamic in the game. The fact that the water like literally moves like water. Like if there's a little tiny puddle of water, and I take the nose of my chip of my ship and just like push it, the water will like slowly drip down. Like That's it's awesome. so cool. I've just I've never seen anything like it in a game. So it's just one of those classic things that Pixel Junk Shooter does so well, or Pixel Junk does well. They pick up one little thing about a game, or one little cool mechanic, and then they build a game around it. And that's what they did with fluids in this game. So I love it. That's been my week. And then I also been playing a lot of uh, Little Big Planet PSP. Which I, as my review will say when it goes up here, is in my opinion the best game on the PSP. Period. I don't have a hard time believing that at all. Mm-hmm. Like, period. I, I don't. I um, uh, I don't know. I, I personally have never been like a huge fan of the PSP's like lineup. And Little Big Planet's an awesome game, and uh, it's it's basically almost a, a you know pixel for pixel rebuild of the of the PS3 version, except for it's missing like the co-op, right? Yeah, I mean, that no, it's exactly what it is. Um, 
there's there, you know there's some graphical differences, but you know that's the great thing about about uh, Little Big Planet is that it's construction paper looking. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> it, it, like you don't need it, it, you know really intense graphics. Honestly, I think it would be really smart for them to release this game, release that game ported to the PS2 as well. I think that it would be a great PS2 title as well as a PSP title. So, I, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Although I would question how much that would sell, just because PS2 games generally don't sell that much anymore. Yeah, but if they did just a straight port, kind of like they did with, um, what the hell was it? One of those Grand Theft Auto games, you know? They didn't do too much yeah. to, to gussy that up, you know? Mm. Yeah, how much was, by the way, how much were both of those titles? How much was Little Big Planet PSP and how much was Little, uh, how much was Pixel Jump Shooter? Uh, Pixel Jump Shooter is $10 and oh. it's, I mean, buy it. Like ten dollars. Yeah. Little Big Planet is forty bucks, though. Ow. Yeah, that is it is intense, but I mean that's what you're paying for any new PSV game nowadays. So, and I mean honestly, the the thing I think the reason that that kind of bites everybody is because we've been conditioned to think that PSP ports of games are so watered down. Yeah. Or they or like they they do what they do with like Grand Theft Auto, where they like it's not really Grand Theft Auto; it's a different game with a lot of Grand Theft Auto stuff in it. Yeah. Same thing with the Assassin's Creed game, but honestly, Little Big Planet is Little Big Planet. I mean, uh, Stephen Fry yeah, is back. Go ahead. So, I was, was going to say, look at it this way though: if you have a PS3 already and you don't have Little Big Planet for PS3, and you can probably get that for thirty to forty bucks now, right? Which one yeah. would you buy? Um, I would buy, of course, the PS3 version. But here's the great thing about the the, the portable version: is what I think is really cool about it is that when you're creating levels in the PS3, you actually have to sit down, be playing it, you know, and create the level. And that, you know, people give up on that. But if I always can be creating my level as it's in my pocket, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm inspired, all of a sudden I can create something. You know, I think in like two or three years from now, because of that factor, I think we're going to see better levels made on the PSP than made on the PS3. That's, that's totally true, especially with, you know, with stuff like, you know, the holiday season coming up, you know, you, when you go visit family, you're not going to be taking your whole PS3, or maybe you are, I don't know, but, but you're more likely going to, you know, <clears throat> during a few moments of downtime, you're more likely going to be, you know, firing up your PSP than you will be your PS3. Mm. Also, can you actually, uh, transfer the levels between the PSP and PS3 version? Um, I don't think you can do that yet. I, I haven't actually checked that out, actually, full on. I really should. But uh, I think it's supposed to be coming. Okay, I, cool. I think it's supposed to be a feature. But, you know, like a lot of stuff with Little Big Planet, it's always coming later. Right, you know? right. So, unfortunately. But, you know, I mean, that's the great thing about PS... Uh, that's the great thing about Little Big Planet. It's always getting better. And the guys in Media Molecule, when they were asked, are you going to make Little Big Planet 2? They were like, that would eliminate the point of Little Big Planet. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they talked to the guys at Valve first before they'd made <laughs> Left 4 Dead 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, that's really cool. I'm, that's really cool, man. So that's what I've been doing. Awesome, uh, Gavin. What about you? Or should should I go? Um, yeah, I can go. Um, right. I recently posted my review, and probably by the time this is posted, you'll be able to see it. Of Silent Hill: Shattered Memories for the Wii. It takes a lot for me to actually anticipate a Wii game, let alone pick up and play it. So this was a pretty big deal for me. And beyond all expectations for the Silent Hill franchise, as of its previous two games. This was an excellent game. All right. It just really? wasn't a Silent Hill game. <laughs> and I'm 
I'm not being picky, okay? This is not some fanboy for the series railing against, oh my god, they didn't do this right or anything like that. Yeah. yeah there's a key factor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a key factor that kind of digs into the experience and, like, separates it from the franchise. And that is the fact that they starkly separate combat from exploration. Now, in the game, it's very two different things. I mean, you'll walk around and occasionally you'll come to a combat dude. But for this, you'll be walking around in the fog, everything will be chill. And then when combat is about to happen, it's in separate sequences throughout the game, the entire world will freeze over and combat, or excuse me, running away will only take place during these frozen over sections. So it kind of eliminates all anticipation, all kind of foreboding. Uh, It just eliminates that kind of mellow, smoldering tension that the series is known for. Because when Uh it's all foggy, it's an adventure game, practically. There's no... There's no fear, there's no um, initiative to be frightened, which is a bit sad, but... How, however, that, sorry, yeah, go sorry, ahead, however, from what I've seen of the game, they seem to have done something with the combat mechanic, haven't they? Where you running away is actually more of an option this time. Well, running away is the only option this time. You have yeah. no weapons. And not like okay. this in normal Silent Hill where you get, like, a stick. Yeah. No, this is no weapons. You have uh-huh. a flashlight... And you can light a flare to make the um, monsters that come at you to um, be hesitant, and you can walk away from that. But you're running. There's no there's no attack, and they jump on you. You can shake them off with a Wii remote. But other than that, you are dead if you even stick around for a point. And the problem with that is, it's a very linear linear way to go through these levels. You'll be like, you'll enter a hospital, the entire world will freeze over, and then you have to run through the hospital. And they highlight the way you have to go by um, these sharp blue highlighted lines around doors, around ledges that you can climb. I describe it kind of like a um, blue, more linear version of Runner's Vision from uh, Mirror's Edge. Yeah. And unfortunately, it is so trial and error because if you miss one and you have to turn around, the monsters are so fast that they'll glomp on you, like 40 on you, and then you will die. Hmm. And this happens Hmm. five or six times, so it just really ruins the experience. But regardless, it still is a good game, and it takes a lot for a game to overcome such a flawed design as that. You know what, though? Honestly, it's just... <clears throat> Silent Hill, no matter what they do, they just seem to not be able to catch a break at all when it comes to uh, to their combat, you know? True. Like, I even... Mean, this is, yeah, uh, it, it's been so bad in the previous games that Climax Studios, the makers of this one, felt they yeah. had to completely revamp it to do so. And even in that, they messed it up. So it was a valiant effort, but they didn't But they didn't yeah. quite get it, huh? There, there's a, It does get the tension up, but you feel kind of frightened when you're running away from them. You can look behind you with a flick of the remote, and the monsters are particularly frightening, but it's not the same. But there, there is still a good game there, because um, the, the sequences in Silent Hill are bookended by these therapy sessions, quite literally. In first person, you have you and a therapist, and you'll go through these various psychological exercises. Like, he will tell you a story about a, um, um, a medieval place where some guys put on trial for being guilty, and then you have like these little wooden blocks uh, that represent the king, the guy that actually committed the crime, the judge, and all that stuff. And then you arrange them on a little block which, from guiltiest to least guilty. And the way you organize them will actually reflect in-game changes. Huh. Uh, cool. more, a more simple example. Uh, you color in a um, picture for one, of the, a, for one of the exercises. And then later you go to the house that you color in. And the, the wardrobe of the people, the outside of the house and all the um, just little commodities within the house will be the same color that you colored in during the psychological exercise. And there's about a dozen of these different little things that happen in the game, and it really does get into your head. And it's like, it is really cool. 
and it gives the game immense replay value. Like, even if I look at these, uh, a strewn poster, um, poster of some half-naked girls in bikinis, then when I go into some cutscenes uh, dealing with some female characters, their shirts will be unbuttoned. Uh, they'll be more sexual, and the monsters that chase me will have breasts. If I don't, and I'm very rude, I'm very aggressive, the women will be in very, um, very layered clothing, and the uh, monsters will get more phallic. So it's there's a lot of there's a lot to look look for in the game, and it gets you to um, pay attention to the small details that not a lot of games get to do, and that's really good. And it's the best looking Wii game I've seen all year. That, honestly, that sounds really interesting, dude. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the, it's full of details. The characters animate better than... In, I mean, the only game that has better character animation and facial move, uh, facial animation movement that I've seen this year is Uncharted 2. Wow. They, they are incredibly detailed and the nuanced. It's, it's just a game that you have to see, and it's a lot of fun because the Wiimote does, like, 50 different things. It reminds me of Zack and Wiki. Like, you uh, pick up a can, and then you shake it with the Wii Remote. If you get a phone call, you put, put the Wiimote up to your ear, and it rings in, in the Wiimote. Um, the Wiimote is your flashlight. It's your phone. It's um, you saw you saw it. You pick through um, clothing with it. It's just like it's a lot of fun, and it's all done very well. So it still gets a high recommendation for me if you have the patience to um, to go through the uh, trial and error combat portions. Wow, that's that's really cool. What about the storyline? Is the storyline still like stay true to the original Silent Hill? Um, it's a reimagining of the first game, and that's a very lenient um, reimagining. You, you got some character interaction. You got the same character names, same locations, uh, but they branch out quite immensely. And I actually prefer this version to the first Silent Hill. And I'm going to get a lot of flack for that, but the first <laughs> Silent Hill is a lot of campy. It was uh, very uh, melodramatic, histrionic, whereas this one is much more subdued. It's much more humanistic, much more natural, especially, again, with the uh, character movement <clears throat> and facial animation. That's so it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, that's still really cool. That's still very cool. Um, I don't know. Did people really love the first Silent Hill? I thought it was really Silent Hill 2 that really kind of skyrocketed that Oh, absolutely. That I mean, um, that's when most of the fanboys attached to the series, but Silent Hill still has a place in most gamers' hearts um, just for where, when it came out and what it was when it did. It was um, very, well, It's still very freaky, and it's a lot of fun to play since it's on uh, PSN now. It, the graphic, the aged graphics actually make it better, in my opinion. It looks kind of creepy and choppy. Yeah, I, I really love the first one. I even love the first one probably more than the second one. Blasphemy! Uh, Burn him yeah. in effigy! Uh, but, Crucified. you know, that's, that's probably just because I played it first. If I yeah. look at it objectively, I'd probably say the second or third one. Um, uh, what, I, what I'm going to add is, you know, Silent Hill 1, it sort of revolutionized the whole idea. Even though Silent Hill 2 is a better game, Silent Hill 1 introduced the mechanics and everything, you know, the whole idea of Silent Hill 2, so I think that's why people love it so much. Yeah, it took what Resident Evil started and actually made yeah. it more story-driven, made it more subtle, made it more psychological. So yeah. it was, wow. Yeah. But that, yeah, Silent Hill Shadow Memories, it's a Wii game that I like. Wow. I should tell you, if you own a Wii, or even a PS2 or PSP, since it has ported versions that aren't as good, but still, get this game. That's that's it, pretty cool. That, that's that excellent. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go through mine real quick so we can get to Mots before we run out of time here. But uh, my weekend geek, I uh, I've actually been preparing, uh, you know, trying to help prepare the um, our game of the year awards, um, which are actually you're probably gonna be seeing them on the site by every time uh, everybody hears this. 
Um, and aside from that, you know, only during my, my few minutes of downtime, I've actually been kind of going through uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and uh, I, I just love that game. That's just one of those games where you can just literally throw in any time and play it for, you know, five minutes, 20 minutes, or even three hours if you really wanted to, and, and it's it's always fun. I've been playing it for, like, shoot, 12 years now, and I'm still not tired of it. Um, huh. there's, a, there's a little white... What are the little white ghosts? They fly really fast. And they're one of the bots. They're one of like not the bots, but one of those little enemies. Do you know what they're called? They're called like they have a really short name, like Ooglu or something. Uh, yeah, they're something like that. There was there was right. one called Boo, and then there is like an Igu or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you kill one of those Igus seven hundred times, you get a sword that 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 breaks the game. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Dan, and Dan sat there in that camper over the summer. And we did it, and it took a, we did it, whatever, 700 times, or whatever it took, in oh. a row, and you get this sword that just breaks the game. I killed Dracula in 30 seconds with it. That's insane. I actually didn't know that. I'm gonna, I might try that. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, we'll beat despair. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but, uh, that's actually... Go ahead, go ahead. It basically just turns into, like, a, turns into your sword, each sword slash is, like, really, really, really fast. And so, like, each, for a regular sword slash, the time it takes you to do, like, a regular one, you do, like, seven now. So, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. That That's actually it for my Week in Geek. I haven't, I really haven't done too much else. Um, Mots, on the other hand, has had probably quite an interesting uh, week. Uh, Mots, do you want to you wanna take it away? Are you ready? Okay, so this isn't actually geeky, right? I work in a store, and it's Christmas, so I've been really busy, and I haven't been able to play much of game, any games. Uh, that being said, the one game... What, I did kind, play of store was, what kind of store is it? Uh, electronics, basically. So uh, you can imagine how packed it is. If I want to buy something, yeah. would it be the best place to go? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't work at Best Buy. <laughs> um, so, basically... Um, the only game, game I've been able to play is uh, Dragon Age, and we've already talked enough about that, so I, I won't go over that again. Uh, but uh, an interesting story I thought I might add to the podcast this week. Um, we had a customer, right? Uh, a pretty old guy. And you guys know how old guys sometimes are, uh, you know, uh, kleptomaniacs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah all the time. Yeah, yeah, all the time, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he... Um, he was, you know, browsing over some DVDs, right? And um, and he put his bag next to the stand where the DVDs were. It was just these sort of, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, deals where you get two for one and all that stuff. So um, he picked up the DVD, looked at it, uh, held it. Uh, I looked at him a little suspiciously, and uh, he saw me looking at him, and he just sort of nodded. And then he, you know, looked at the DVD some more, and then he picked up another one, held them both in his hands, and looked around on them, and then, you know, gently put them into his bag. <laughs> um, and he looked around a bit, uh, looked uh, at some more DVDs, and, and started to leave. So I went up to him, and I said, would you kindly put those back? Uh, and he said, no, I, I don't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> oh. Oh, and, and then you were like, oh, okay, have a nice day. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas. Enjoy the and DVDs. I said, and I said, I said, look, sir, please put them back so I don't have to call the guards or so I, I don't have to put them back for you. In Norway, and, they're I, not called security. They're the armed guards. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, exactly. Everyone's got a forty seven. And and so he sort of opened up his bag little and uh, I just reached in and I put them back, right? No harm done, I thought. And I said, Now please leave the store. Um uh, but he wouldn't. Uh, he said that no, he had been told by his wife to wait here, and she would be mad if he didn't. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, so I said, okay, look, just at least go and sit at the bench oh, over there. Oh, next uh, to what DVDs was he trying to steal? I don't remember. Some sort of budget title that I've never. All seen. cop. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> That'd be so um, funny and... if it was up here, old man. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Um, yeah, you know, I got him to go over next to the store and sit on a bench next to the store because this is in a huge mall, right? So it's no, no problem. Um, and uh, he sits down on the bench, and uh, I don't think it went. Uh, it must have been thirty seconds to a minute, and then I see this slightly not as old lady, uh, as, not as old as he was, uh, come standing around just in in the entrance of my store, looking around, and then she spotted him on the bench, and she you know, uh, very angrily went over to him and started yelling just insanely loud, uh, you know, cursing at him, telling him that he should have stayed in this place <laughs> or stayed Aww. in this spot. Way to go, mods. You ruined his Christmas in two ways. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, they left and I told the whole story and we all got a big laugh out of it. So, yeah. Very cool. Hey, hey. Old people are hilarious. <laughs> um. <laughs> Don't oh. you go dying on me now. Last <laughs> oh. Christmas for that man. <laughs> yeah. um, you know what else I did last night? I don't know if anybody else did. Did anybody else see Avatar? No. 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 I did when it in its crazy 3D. It's crazy oh. 3D, man. Like it's it, you're you're not gonna believe how 3D it is. <laughs> That's it's a, a, it's I mean, like, it's a pretty it's it, way too. Is it is it like stereoscopic or is it the red and blue glasses thing? Um, I think it's the first one you said. It's not like red and blue glasses. It was like these big black glasses you had to put on. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's better than any 3D you've ever seen before. I can tell you that much. So, <laughs> in the end, worth worth going see. Um. You know, I, I yeah, I mean, for seeing in the theater with that 3D, it's worth seeing, and the story is pretty cool. The one thing is, it's three hours long. Oh my! So God. I I don't know about you guys, but I got or I don't know what you guys feel about this, but I got sick of wearing those glasses after two and a half hours. So I, I just yeah. took them off. I've I've heard a I've heard a bunch of people commenting on on the whole stereoscopic technology that it it sort of hurts your eyes after a while. Did you experience yeah. that, or was it just? It wasn't that it hurt my eyes. I was just tired of having like giant weird sunglasses on my face. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, yeah. So yeah, I just I just took them off after a while, and then I would only put them on during like the action scenes and stuff. You know, and it was it was still cool. But there's this one scene where you these computer screens. Oh my god, you wouldn't believe it, dude! Like they have these computer screens that like it's like a little cubicle, but like the computer screens can like spin around, and they when they spin, it looks like it's just coming right at you. It's it's unbelievable. Hmm. They it's just like a it's just like a giant show. The movie is just a giant show of this 3D technology. So very cool. All right. Well, that uh, that's actually all the time we've got now for uh, for the Geek and Week. We're going to take a real quick break and then uh, we'll be right back with uh, Gavin for the news.
Hey, Elder Geeks, be sure to check out our coverage of MAGFest, the music and gaming festival, January 1st through the 4th here in Alexandria, Virginia. This is our last official podcast for the year, but don't worry, we'll be back in January with some new guests and a whole slew of new games to pick at. In the meantime, from all of us at ElderGeek.com to all of you, have a very happy and safe holiday season. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to you for break. I'm taking over again for the news, and we're going to dive right in with Mega Man 10 being announced with its launch trailer and a bunch of glorious screenshots. Looks like Capcom's still going with the retro route. we got 8-bit music, we got 8-bit levels, 8-bit graphics, and it looks like it's taking place again in 20XX, the glorious date that all of the series has taken place in. And, unfortunately, mm. Robo Enza, the uh, robot flu, has, ta- has taken over the world and... The robots that aren't sick are going off in fevered rampages, and it's up to Mega Man to save the day. Uh, what do we guys? What do we think about it? Robot oh. swine flu. Yes. <laughs> oh, I thought it was more like robot zombies. I thought the robots that were getting sick were the ones that were going ape shit and killing everybody. Well, yeah. well oh not all. Them. Not all. <laughs> so, do any of any of you agree with me that there's really no good reason for not having HD graphics for this game? Um. I like it. I like them in, in the 8-bit, to be honest with you. Um, and I'm sure their their programmers probably like it, too. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I'm just going to program this shit on my iPhone. <laughs> Is it possible that they could do a high-definition 8-bit look? Because I think that would be cool. Um, I think the uh, only way to do that is for um, 8... Uh, what what is it? 8-bit heroes? Or um, 3D... Dot, oh, 3D dot, dot game heroes. The uh, uh, PS3... Thing that just came out in Japan, where it's 3D and it looks 8-bit, because uh, otherwise um, HD oh, well, no, you move it out. About, I'm not talking about 3D. I'm just talking about making it look like, even though it's like sprites or whatever, just making them sprites look amazing, sort of like they do with Street Fighter. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I, I'm just well, saying. Yeah, it, I mean, it, they did that with the Bionic Bion- Commander rearmed, and I thought that worked perfectly. So yeah, I, but it's not I, 8-bit. I mean, that's what I was trying to say. I mean, yeah. you can't do an H-bit and an H-bit, an HD yeah. 8-bit look without it being very dramatic. Otherwise, you just when you smooth out the, gra- um, the pixels and the sprites for the three, uh, HD, it's no longer 8-bit. So yeah, exactly. it's kind of a conundrum there. But um, aside from that, is anyone excited for Mega Man 10? Anyone looking forward uh, to it? I like the idea. Man. I mean, I yes, Proto Man. You can play him from the start in this one. That's, a, that's the man starting to the fans. I like the idea of them doing uh, Mega Man games with the classic gameplay. Uh, but I'll never get past the first level. <laughs> <laughs> I love how the end of the trailer was like, and there's an easy mode! <laughs> You'll finally be yeah, able to I'll see look. more than five minutes of the game. Yeah. <laughs> man, those games hit my ass. That's the game I need demo play for, man. Right there. I played uh, Mega Man 2 recently, and uh, it, I got owned by it pretty bad. I don't, I don't know how when I was younger when I was playing that. I used to beat that game almost on a daily basis, and <clears throat> and when I went back and played it again, I was like, where did all my skills go? So, yeah. 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 Oh, all right. all right. Well, we all good on Mega Man 10 then. All looking forward to it. See. Si. Sure. Rock on. Moving right on. Um, an interesting port that's going on. Bioware is giving back owners Dragon Age Origins. Which uh, it makes me. It, it I don't know. I'm kind of hesitant on this. I'm, I'm not sure the game could fit on it. I'm not even sure Dragon Age Origin, uh, Dragon Age Journeys, the browser-based game, could work on a Macintosh. Why? Well, some of the newer Macs have some pretty cool. Uh, they have some pretty high-end graphics cards in the new Macs. What are you talking about? They have to. They run Adobe programs. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, I think it would be able to run on a Mac. Uh, I have a buddy that runs uh, Fallout 3 on his Mac. He runs Boot Camp and then runs oh, it. Hey, you know? hey, there we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say this right now. Fallout 3 probably takes more than, uh, than uh, uh, Dragon Age. Probably. Yeah, yeah. probably. Because, mm. you know, uh, when you go into the video settings on Dragon Age, there's really, like, three different settings. Mm. So, yeah. I think we can all agree, though, that this is the beginning of Max taking over PC gaming, right? No. What? No. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a mute button on him? (laughs) It's like the the iPhone overtaking the DS. It's hilarious. You're going two minutes in the penalty box for that one. Oh, that was. Oh, I needed that, man. Thanks. I got, uh, I got Photoshop. That's a game, technically. <laughs> I can play Quake. I play uh, Quake all the time. I hey, love but you know, you you can play the biggest PC game in the world. So get on you for that one. I'm talking about WoW. If you didn't, you know, get this. Yeah, yeah, we we yeah. we got that. Yeah. But yeah, you can also play Dragon Age. Apparently, I got no more info than that 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 is going to happen. So keep it tuned, to Elder Geek guys. We'll give you as much info as come as comes hey. our way. But any other hey, thoughts on it? Hey, you guys realize we've managed to talk about Dragon Age for a substantial amount of time again. Yeah, yes. we so, talk about it every week. We yeah. it, it, it's taken it, over all it, it, it. I think I think it should be a recurring. Never played that game. Just throw that out there. <laughs> That's why you're not on the podcast, Kip. There you go. <laughs> no, but it let you out of the penalty box. <laughs> I forgot we want the exact same opinion on the podcast. So, so I imagine like for a year from now we'll be going, yeah, and you know now you, now that you mentioned that Dragon Age is. You know. <laughs> well, that was like when we were on the Infamous kick. We're yes. ever reaching yeah. for like three. Months we talked about Infamous. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But we're gonna so just uh, we're gonna try and get off Dragon Age now. We'll probably return to it in a couple minutes. But uh, we're actually gonna talk about Australia, the uh, the glorious, glorious Australian government who can't seem to let a little blood get past their way is actually considering a new rating to actually bypass all this censorship on their part. The highest one they have is 15 plus, the uh, self-explanatory age gap. They're considering an 18 plus, similar to our infirmature rating which would probably let Left 4 Dead 2 and Modern Warfare 2 and games like it pass without so much censorship. I am for this. Me too. Um, I think we got to give up for Left 4 Dead 2 for kind of pushing the issue. Yeah, I think so. That and the airport level in Modern Warfare. Um, there are people in Australia or people not in Australia. Um, the Australian government has put up a website. You can get through it through our site, of course. And you could send them an argument for or against it. So if you want it, go there and... Argue for it. If you don't, just uh, ignore this. In the Australian version, actually, I don't know if you guys know this, but in the Australian version of Modern Warfare 2, that, that second level, it's actually a little different because instead of Russians, it's just koalas shooting each other. <laughs> it's really okay, strange, I want that. I, I, I think it's better. All right, come on out of the penalty box. You're redeemed. Come on. <laughs> Yay! You don't shoot... And actually, if you zoom in on the screenshots, you're not shooting bullets. You're shooting miniature Foster's cans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Snapple, awesome, actually. And before he gets off the elevator, they don't say, okay, no Russian. He says, okay, no kangaroo. <laughs> yeah. oh. Swinging a bit. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Stereotypes. Yeah. Moving on. Thank God we have, no, uh, we have no one Australian on the podcast. But we're moving on. 
Um, a bit to a self ex- another self-explanatory news item. New Super Mario Brothers Wii sells two million in the states alone. Ah, uh, that proves my argument that nostalgia sells, no matter how shitty the game you know what? is. I, I really don't think I really don't think it does because how many Wiis are out there? A bazillion. Yeah. So, I mean, that, uh, not very many people bought that game. I think I think it's it's it, more simple. I think a Wii game with the title Wii in the title will that sell. is yeah. Wii or yeah. Party if it has Party yeah. in the title. Or bash or something like that, but um, yeah, this is only in America. And, um, um, from the Japanese sales, we've seen about a 1.3 million. So I mean, it's only been a little bit. I, it, sales uh, EEDAR, our financial analysts, are predicting that it will eventually bypass 15 million. And given Nintendo's games life a uh, lifeline on the on um, the store shelves, that's a possibility. But it's not going to happen for a while. Uh, do you guys think it's going to bypass 15 million? No. Well, you got to imagine it's already at around five million, given Europe's not accounted for, and not even or not Walmart either. I mean, I'm right there, so it's at that many because it's November, December now. Yeah. After this, yeah. it's not going to sell. You know. All right. Uh, what, Kip, what's your um, what's your high water mark for the for the game? Then, uh, what do you think it's going to max out at? Well, I think another thing you got to consider is the the, the 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 amount of money that gamers have. Because I I don't know if it's all you know I think most of the casual crowd who's going to get it has already got is getting it for Christmas whatever so I think the no, people who are going to buy I in think... January hold on let me finish the people yeah. who are going to buy in January are going to be the more hardcore people who just got their Wii's and they're going to pick it up whatever I mean hardcore is a relative term of course but um, I think that when you compare the amount of money that gamers have with the amount of games coming out in Q1 I think it's going to be tough to sell a lot of that sell a lot of that game. See, I think I think this is the kind of game that people will pick up at the same time as they buy their Wii's. So I think you know, uh, new Wii users will buy this more than, say, for example, uh, you know, uh, Super Smash Brothers, and that has sold quite a lot. So you know, but I mean, who's going to buy a Wii in January? Uh, Probably around four hundred thousand people. Yeah, in those current lineup. But hey. Um, any other final thoughts or opinions before we move on to our final topic for the week? I, I think Kip hit the nail kind of on the head, though. I, I do think he's right that the, the strong amount of uh, huge budget titles that are coming out in Q1 and Q2 next year, um, I, I don't think I think if people don't pick it up between now and the after Christmas sales in January and stuff, probably not going to sell too much beyond that. Well, I mean, how many of those AAA Q1 titles are coming out for the week? That's a good point, but uh, <clears throat> based on the amount of people that are that are uh, you know also buying PS3s and and Xbox 360s in addition to their their Wii consoles, I think a lot of those people don't need to um, rely on their Wii as much anymore. Okay, well, mm-hmm. rock on. But um, speaking of EEDAR, for those of you that don't know, the Electronic Entertainment Design and Research Association <laughs> um, has also released some details or opinions on hardware bundles with software and saying that because so many pieces of software are bundled with hardware for the holiday season, games, it suffers and it actually drags down overall software sales since people that purchase the bundles don't often purchase games, um, additional games with it. So they've noted that with so many bundles, there's been more this year than any other year, and we've also seen a decrease in sales for November and anticipating the same for December. So actually... Um, our financial analysts are saying that 
soft, um, hardware and software bundles aren't necessarily that good for sales, um, contrary to popular belief. What do you guys think? I, um, I, yeah, I can see why they would say that their software sales are down, you know, during this time of year. But, uh, you know, once again, I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. The more consoles that people are going to sell, then that's going to mean that exponentially they're going to be selling more software, you know, three months from now. Um, so yeah, they might, they might be seeing a little bit of a lull this year as opposed to previous years, but we also have to remember that this is the year, the first year in a while when the PS3 and the Xbox 360 have had, you know, gigantic price cuts. So I'm not surprised to hear that console sales and bundles are up and, you know, standard software sales are down. Yeah, yeah that popular opinion throughout the board then? Are, are brain drops, um, as it were? I think you also need to. Sorry, I think you also need to remember that that the people that truly care about software sales are, of course, the developers and, and publishers. And uh, you know, it's not like you know they don't get any money out of a console uh, packing deal. So it's kind of a mute point, in my opinion. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Something talking. You know, we don't talk much about sales on Elder Geek. Obviously, it's kind of against our fundamentals, you know, to some extent. But um. Does it come to, do we get to a point eventually where, you know, there's so many PS3s, so many Xboxes, so many Wiis out there, and games are still only going to sell, like, one to seven million copies? You know, where it really doesn't make a difference how many are out there? Yeah, I think PS2 experienced that. I think you have a a few titles, you have a few, uh, you know, Guitar Heroes and SingStars that always sell a bunch, no matter how many iterations they, they come out with. And then you have the, the, you know, peak, which is the hardcore games. Whereas the hardcore uh, players all have the consoles already. They're, they don't need to, you know, they don't want to, uh, uh, or there aren't any more people to buy the consoles, and so there aren't any more people to buy the games. Uh, and the rest are the casuals, and they don't care about those games, games anyway. So I think once in a while we reach that point within a generation, yeah. Yeah, because I, I I don't think there's really a big difference between the PS3 having 29 million out there and the Xbox 360 having 35 million. You know, they're still only going to sell four or five million of each game. You know, each triple A triple A game. So, well, I mean, obviously there's some difference in seeing as uh, you know most people view the PS3 as an even more hardcore machine in that it was more more expensive than the 360. Yet 360 can continuously have you know double the software sales. The same game. You know, I'm also uh, kind of wondering what uh, what the EEDAR uh, actually put in there. I'm wondering if they're counting only brick and mortar sales, or if they're also including online sales as well. I'm, I'm hoping that they are including their online sales because um, you know, online sales this year compared to years past is just through the roof. Well, I mean, well, and for this study, it seems only um, brick and mortar for because um, you can't well bundles. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if that's the story I have. Any other uh, final thoughts before we close uh, that news for this yeah. week? Well, I got one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at you. Look at this. Like Call of Duty Modern Warfare on the 360 sold 505,000 uh, copies. On the PS3, it sold 432,000 copies. So a difference of 70,000 copies. Yet there's six million more Xboxes out there. So that's what I mean. I think does it just even out eventually? You know what I mean? Where it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, but I don't think we've reached that point yet. Yeah, I think we're getting close though, but yeah, but we're not there just yet. But I, I think what Kip pointed out is definitely a sign of that coming soon. Mm. Yeah. So. Okay, oh. so we're gonna take a break. Yeah, yeah. Let's take another real quick break, and then we'll uh, we'll be back to talk about uh, our topic of the week. Yay! All right. Yay. 
my friend, he called me up and told me that you do this thing with video games, and he told me to call in. Twice a year, the 8-Bit Extravaganza holds a single elimination tournament to determine your idea of the best games from a particular era. 1993 saw the birth of the 3264-bit generation. Three consoles dominated the gaming landscape. Sega Saturn, Sony PlayStation, and Nintendo 64 marched their way into our hearts, and a whole new era of console wars unleashed itself, fighting for our very souls. 16 years later, we emerge. 64 games from this era have been selected by you. And in this single elimination tournament, there can be only one single winner. Battles will be held each week, pitting games against each other in a life or death struggle for survival. The games are depending upon you in order to remain alive in this sick, twisted tournament where those you send off into the fires of hell are of no consequence. The only thing that matters is the fate of your game and its journey into the 8 X Hall of Fame. The rules of the tournament. Games face off in one-on-one battles. The audience votes and the game with the most votes moves on in the tournament. How to vote. We do it live. 8BitX.com chat room or on the hotline. We have a tie. But it was tied up and it was even. Ties are decided by the coin flip. The dope rule. I don't rule this. The host can overrule the current decision only one time per show. The executive challenge. Objection! We need an executive challenge. I'm issuing an executive challenge. Audience can challenge a current decision, including a dope roll. And there's so many memorable moments. Part of my soul is being ripped out. Exactly one week from my birthday. One. Two weeks in a row! Charles, I have some bad news for you, Charles. No, no. How did we come to this conclusion? Honestly, I, I love the show, but I'm not going to have some thick hair on it. Yeah, because the coin flip just happened. I heard it. Well, we had you dictating. Welcome to the 8BitX Tournament. Okay, everybody, welcome back once again. Take me over real quick since I'm the first to- um, first section of our week uh, weekly topic. We're, it is the Spiked VGA Awards for 2009. We're going to section it off a bit just to streamline the conversation. I'm going to take you through the actual awards show portion, just not the necessarily awards, but the show itself. Then we're going to go over, we're going to talk about the biggest awards given, and we're going to round it out with the premiere trailers that were shown. But let me first talk about the show, and predictably, what a piece of crap it was. Um, You may have noticed, if you watch the show, you got about two minutes in between five-minute advertising breaks. The show had about six sponsors. Um, the biggest ones being Burger King, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew even got its own award title. Again? Uh, which we'll talk about, yes, uh, for the billionth year in a row. Um, and we also, uh, when it wasn't advertising and it wasn't award ceremony, we got a couple musical performances from 
The Bravery, a um, prog rock band of decent talent, and Snoop Dogg, the most odd, oddly chosen celebrity to appear at this show. Um, we also had Stevie Wonder give, a, give an award, another awkward... I was going to say, I would think Stevie Wonder is more weird than Snoop Dogg. Yeah, that was yeah, more awards. Stevie that. Wonder was there for awareness, though. It was there for awareness reason. I thought that was cool. Uh, yeah, um, that will be the first one I'm going to go into. Stevie Wonder was nice, and his uh, cause was just and very riled the crowd. Um, for those of you that weren't uh, tuned in, Stevie Wonder was there for um, Disabilities Worldwide and Disab- Disabled Gamers, and he wanted to. Um, he rounded out his speech with asking developers to make music games and all these glorious games for disabled people, which I love the idea. I'm just no offense to Stevie. How? How well, do you I mean, make games like stuff like that all the time? They have custom controllers and stuff made. I suppose it's just I just can't visualize it for a game like Guitar Hero. So based on the visual. How do you transfer that to a blind, capable controller? And forgive me if I stumble into the politically incorrect. I don't know what exactly to say here, but uh, that's not that's not the only thing we have to talk about. What is, does anyone else have anything to say on the uh, award show itself? I, I, you know, I, I personally, and I've I've always kind of had this this problem, and I, I brought it up last week. Was this whole uh, <laughs> the fact that it's. It's got such a huge sponsor that the sponsor itself has a, its own named award. You know, it, it was the you know I don't want to I don't want to you know uh, talk into Kip's territory here, but you know there was the Mountain Dew Independent Game of the it was the best independent game fueled by Dew. You know, um, those two they things even are, have the slogan in there. Yeah, it just yeah. It, it just it's like two conflicting ideologies, and it just makes it sound like bullshit in the end. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I don't that that's really my take. The video game awards they're really a lot of fun, and there's a you know at the end of the show you get to see a lot of really cool trailers and stuff, and yeah you get to see gameplay for upcoming games. But in the end it, it's just it just feels like a gigantic marketing push for everybody involved. You know. Does anyone know if this? I was very different on these games. So, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, one at a time, uh, Kip. What did you say? I said, how is that different from E3? You know what I mean? It's just a giant marketing push. You know, well, E3, I think the difference between E3 is, like, even the little guys can can go to E3. You don't you don't need to be the world's giantest, you know, studio to have a booth at E3. You have to have a ton of money to, to uh, you know, to post, you know, to have a booth that size. But uh, the E3 has always just been a show floor for up-and-coming games. Mm-hmm. Um it's becoming more commercial over time, but this is just... I think the VGAs are just over the top. Here you've got it being pushed by... Uh, it's fueled by Dew. It's being run by Viacom. I mean, come on. Yeah, um, but you're you're really comparing apples to oranges here, Kip. What? You're really comparing apples to oranges here, Kip. I mean, E3 is this gigantic per, um, this parade of just so many different things, and then you have this very passive, very singular experience with the VGAs that is just so tunnel visioned and um, streamlined. It, I, I just don't see how you're comparing the two here. I mean, um, what, uh, what's your basis? I was comparing them. I wasn't comparing them as shows in comparison. I was comparing that they're both trying to sell me something. Except oh, that, that they're trying real. to sell me games and burgers versus E3 is just trying to sell me games. <laughs> I think the difference, is though, is E3 is, is independently run. Um, like, yes, there are big... You know, the, the people that pay for E3 are the, are the people that actually go to the show floor. So EA and uh, Ubisoft and Activision have all an equal stake in all of this. 
the VGAs are owned and run by Viacom, you know, and they're heavily sponsored by Mountain Dew. And uh, Viacom makes video games, you know. It, there's just this gigantic conflict of interest in all of this. What is, what, what what video? I think, I think the main... Um, they, they own harmonics. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they own MTV. <laughs> so anything that has MTV's name on it, or anything that has Nickelodeon's name on it, or anything that it has like any of those stations <laughs> touch at all. They, they own Blockbuster. They own Showtime. They own uh, Black Entertainment Television. They own. I know they own basically every popular media for kids. Nickelodeon, Noggin, all those things. They own them all. So yeah, so I mean, I doesn't, that, I, doesn't that seem a little? Mm, disingenuous? Doesn't that seem underhanded? I, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, but they're just trying to sell us games. That, that's what they're trying to do. But and we don't want to be sold games. games. We're going to this. We want to see what the best games of the damn year are. But instead, we're getting a commercial. <laughs> they can sell us commercials all the time. This is this is a commercial in okay. disguise. That's the problem. So, you yeah, I think you not think that the Oscars, though, are also trying to sell us movies? Oh, in, yeah, but... In addition- that's, that's totally you know true, I mean? but we don't we don't cover the Oscars. <laughs> actually, yeah, I would this, say this the Oscars. You know what I mean? I, this is our I would Oscars. actually say that we can go much more in the direction of Oscars <laughs> in that the per- people putting it on are independent, like who run E3. I mean, um, we're we're going far off here into so many different tangents. I um, <laughs> what do we? How can we make the awards better? Let's just end on that. We can go into the well, actual. Actually, awards. how can we make actually, the show better? I wanted to make I wanted to make a small point first. I think the main difference is that uh, E3 doesn't pretend to have some sort of authority. Uh, the VGAs do, uh, even though they well, they. Do you know who picks the v- Do you know who picks the um? The I was going to ask that. Is, is it is it judges? Is it uh, is it gamers themselves? Do they vote? No, 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 no. Here's what here's what they do. They do a composite vote of gamers get to vote. In addition, they take the editors of um, all the different popular video game magazines. Mm-hmm. So they take like PlayStation magazine editor, Xbox magazine editor. They mm-hmm. vote. Um, I think they they get some people from the industry in addition, and then I think they get some people from like IGN, Game Trailers, you know, all the big popular sites as well. Okay, so here's, here's my question. Here's my question. Who then votes for the game fueled by Dew? Does Dew vote, or are it the same judges? I, I think it's the same judges. It's just that award is sponsored. You know, what I mean, they're just it's just a sponsored award. I don't think Mountain Dew itself had any choice in that. So it's just uh, yeah, I, I agree with Randy. It just seems like a whole big contradiction. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, well, here's here's my point in in uh, in general. Uh, best. Best music game, Beatles Rock Band. Best soundtrack, DJ Hero. Um, hello. <laughs> yeah. They made those da- damn games, you know. <clears throat> now I'm not saying that they yeah. aren't the best games, but this it just uh, come on. There, there's just a conflict of interest there. Well, what, actually, yeah. uh, they didn't make make DJ Hero, but yeah. Oh, they that's, didn't make DJ Hero. I'm sorry. I might I retract. Act- that's, that's that's Activision. Oh, I retract my statement. Okay, Randy. Yeah, is there, is there a contradict? But I mean, if they're not picking who wins the awards, is there a conflict? Conflict of interest? Yeah, I do. I, I still think so. Absolutely, because they might not be the ones that are winning the awards, but they're still giving sites like Kotaku and IGN, like, hey, uh, you get to have visibility on our show. You know, saying that you're a judge on our show, and you post. Uh, Information on your website about our show, and in return, you get exposure as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do. Yeah. I do think there's still. A I, I agree, Randy. I agree with you. I think that I think there is a there is a problem there. 
So, I mean, Gavin asked the question earlier, what can we do to make it better? I, I think there's nothing that we can do to make it better. It's just that I'm, I don't know. Consumers just need to be more informed. That's all. I actually think I think there is a couple things we can do to make it better. Just make it more like the Academy Awards. Have it presented solely by a independent association, like the composite judges we have now. Take all your editors, all your analysts, and put them there, and don't let gamers vote. Do not let <laughs> well, gamers vote at all. I'm sorry. Here's, here's another thing you can do. Just make it just make it more gamer centric. How? You, know mm-hmm. I mean? you can't you can't have Jake Gyllenhaal on there. He's not a. You should have Cliffy B on there. You know what I mean? David Jaffe should be there. Yeah. Alicia Day. Michael Patcher should be there. The people that we care about, who we like, who are celebrities. The angry video game nerd should have been there. How was yeah. he not there? You know what I mean? He's no, like, I, I, he's like he's like on Spike every day. Like, yeah. yeah. You're you're absolutely right, Kip. You are absolutely right. I would have loved to see that show. So back up. Get, go away. <laughs> also, <laughs> I mean, I haven't watched this show, so I can't really um, say anything. But I can, if it was anything like the last show, get rid of all the you know uh, seemingly high production cinematics and 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 the musicals and, and all that stuff. Make it have entertainment in it, but make it more serious, or at least How make it more targeted towards the audience. Yeah, you know, or just make it more gamer centric. Have music yeah. from games. Mm. Like, why was the have, bravery on? You know? How, have, why wasn't have the video game live on there? From the video games What's live. That? They do perform um video games live, the York, the forty piece gamer yeah. orchestra. Yeah. They do they they don't need this that big of an excuse to do a show, just have them on there. Yeah. Yeah. You know you know what was sweet though and was kind of gamer centric? Yeah. Was that intro. <laughs> yes. That intro okay. was cool. That was cool. <laughs> um I think we can go into the awards now. So yeah, I was gonna say Kip on time on the show itself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, I see. Anytime Kip brings up a topic, it's time to move on. <laughs> no, you're, we're going to your topic, Kip. You're going through the awards. You're the big man now. Oh, wow. Big I'm man on the podcast. B- BMOP. Yeah. <laughs> Gavin, am I cool? Is everybody going to come to my birthday party? <laughs> <laughs> Only Kip. Uh, all right, first thing, let's start with the biggie. Uh, game of the year, Uncharted 2, Among Thieves. Yes. Right on. Thank you. I think, I think it's a good choice. I think it's a great choice. Uh, although, mm-hmm. does it contradict... I mean, we're going to get to it later on, but I think we might as well just cover this now, too. How does Assassin's Creed 2 win Best Action Adventure Game, then? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that also raises the same question as, how did Rocksteady, then, game Studio of the Year? You know? Yeah. <laughs> because if uh, if uh, Naughty Dog made Uncharted 2, why didn't they get Studio of the Year? <laughs> I yeah. think it's a matter of here's your um, tossing a, a game its bone. Here's your bone, chew on it. Yeah. I think that's what Assassin's Creed's victory in that category was. I think a lot of people that went through the voting mm-hmm. process that I'm yeah. going to give Uncharted the game of the year. So you know what, Assassin's Creed, you could be an action adventure. I think I, th- I think exactly. I could be more cynical and say it's it's the judges going. Please don't call us fanboys. Could, ah, could be. I like that. I like that. Because otherwise, um, yeah, you got Uncharted for graphics games. Action Adventure and what else? PS3. That that's major. <clears throat> See, I don't think Uncharted should have won graphics. But I'm sorry. Let's get back to Kip. Kip, you're the man. Go. <laughs> you're the man now, dog. <laughs> you're the man now, dog. <laughs> Good job. Good job. 
No, I actually, I, I, do, I do want to talk about the, uh, the topic, though, of giving a different developer, because I don't think developers always have a choice in what they make. Like, I think, you know, Uncharted was like, Sony went to Donnie Dog and was like, all right, time to make Uncharted 2. And I feel like Rocksteady, with what they were given, the Batman game, I think they did do an amazing thing with the with the bone that they were handed. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? That's a good call. Absolutely. So I, that's, why, that's why I think you can have a different studio of the year versus game of the year. But, okay. Okay. All right. Anyway... <clears throat> so moving on, uh, I'll just skip the studio here because we kind of talked about it. Uh, best independent game, Fueled by Dew. <laughs> Woo! That's my okay. to everybody. There's Never mind. The... I, I Never just want to say something about Mountain Dew. Everybody, I want to say something about Mountain Dew. I'm drinking my, it right I now. I love snowboarding and kayaking, and Mountain Dew helps me do that. So <laughs> I just want everybody to know that ElderGeek.com loves Mountain Dew. Hey, you hey, you want to do that? You know, I'll we'll, we'll help you kayak and do all those energetic things, Hip. Crack. Yeah. <laughs> Best independent game fueled by crack. <laughs> hey, Freedomless Norway doesn't have mountains here. Oh. Wow. Uh, do you guys have Red Bull? Flower. Yeah, but, choice. Dude, dude, Sweden makes Red Bull. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, let's get back. I'm sorry. Back to the topic. So flower, what do you guys think? Flower, best choice, worst choice, worst thing you ever heard, best thing you ever heard. Oh, that's a pretty good choice for independent game, never mind the do part. <laughs> I really don't think that game company was our soft drink drinkers, but yeah, I love Flower. It was an amazing thing. I can't even call it a game, really, but still, it was awesome. Well, I can't do you think drink. Flower, do you guys think that Flower has the quality of a brand new 20 ounce of Mountain Dew? I, I, yeah. My question is, I wonder if anybody on the Mountain Dew like staff that picked their 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 independent game of the year did did they play any other independent games this year besides Flower? Can you yeah. have you actually ever played Flower on Mountain Dew? It's kind of a good <laughs> this game moves too slow. <laughs> Why can't I shoot things? <laughs> no, I thought it was cool. You know, I like I like Flower winning that award too because it wasn't exactly the most action packed game on that list. So right. I thought yeah, that was cool. So, um, best X- this one I don't fully agree with, but best Xbox 360 game, Left 4 Dead 2? No. Yep, Much I better agree. on PC. Much better on the PC. I do, I do. but see, here's the thing. What games have really Xbox had this year? Uh, yeah, they Halo had Halo 3, 3. they had hey. Grand Theft Auto 4. No. Wait, what? Wait, what? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Episodes of Little City, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be an exclusive game. Which yeah. Would be fun. Um, a lot of people have put up... Um, well, oh, for a 360 game of the year, and I, I would actually go for one of those rather than. Like, no, but look at look at all these choices for the best PS3 game, best Wii game, best PC game. All of them could, be, except for the PC game, could be counted as exclusives. Yeah, true. But here's the thing. Okay, obviously, Modern Warfare 2 is better than Left 4 Dead 2. Yet, yeah. Left 4 Dead 2 wins the award. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and it won best shooter. Yeah, that's. But if we're going, if we're going, if we're going with console exclusivity here, I think. Well, no, then because you know, Dragon Age would. I don't know. I, I, I guess if if we're going to count, you know, that this game wasn't on PS3 or Wii, then I would probably agree that Left 4 Dead is the best one. See, I, I, I think this kind of goes personally. I think this list for, it looks exactly like what 
what uh, Gavin had said was this is them throwing out bones to several different mm-hmm. people and like what Mots had said earlier so they don't sound like fanboys you know because uh, you know Dragon Age Origins wins one and Rocksteady wins one and Left 4 Dead wins one and Modern Warfare 2 wins one there's not a lot of doubling yeah. up here you know see mm-hmm. all of your favorite games get a little something yeah exactly yeah. exactly so uh, yeah. yeah it might please everybody but it's also kind of feels like they're lying a little bit a little bit? Mm. Yeah. feels like, you know, well, I mean, they're, they're trying rocket. to jerk us off, but they're not really into it. So it's just like, <laughs> kind of like, plop, plop, plop. Like, like, I can appreciate the effort, but I'm really not getting anything on a deeper level. <laughs> Moving on. No, I want to think on this point. deeper level, Gavin, that you're looking for? <laughs> maybe some eye contact. I don't know. Maybe... Um, maybe a, a, a bit of spit in the hand. Maybe I, do you really want me to go into depth on no, that? I, I, got, no. I got a list here. I got a technique. The key word was deep. You know what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, oh, so nice. moving on. Uh, best PS3 game. No shocker there. Uncharted no. 2, Among no. Thieves. Yeah, yeah. I think what? we can all agree. Uh, best Wii game. New Super Mario Brothers Wii. <coughs> bullshit. Uh, what you, bullshit. 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 <laughs> well, I'm not even going to call it Bullshit. Best game of the year? Honestly, I, I thought that Raving Rab- or Rabbids Go Home beat the shit out of uh, Mario Wii. I thought Metroid what Prime Trilogy the- was way better than yeah. that, too. What didn't beat yeah, the I shit out of Metroid Prime Trilogy. Yeah. But you, how can you count that? It's three games that have already been released. You can't yeah, so it should have been triple beating the shit out of Mario Wii. <laughs> but it's not an original game. That doesn't count. But think of all the games that do count. Murasa, The Demon Blade. Yep. Hell, Silent Hill Shadowed Memories. I, yep. I, I, I thought for that. Mad World. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a ton of unique ideas. Dead Space Extraction. There you go. Beat the shit out of New Super Mario Bros. Wii. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> Bullshit. Bullshit. I don't know who they're pleasing with this thing. That's PC game. Dragon Age yeah. Origins. That's right. Yes. There you go. That's right. right. Na- nail on the head. Yeah. <laughs> Best Mac game as well. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really like the idea of the best handheld game category, personally. I mean, yeah, I, I would like it if they broke it down. They're different consoles. Yeah, I, I don't think it's fair. That's Spike's way of saying... Sure. I mean, it's just Spike's way of saying, we can't figure out enough PSP games that won't piss off fanboys. So, I mean, because DS can stand on its own, we all know that. But, yeah, GTA Honestly, China Hand Wars, fuck on. I don't know, uh, I mean... Best handheld game of this year was... Oh, sorry. I, I think the best handheld game of the year was Little Big Planet PSP, but I think the award should have gone to Scribblenauts. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think. I mean, you have a bunch of games on PSP. You could, you know, a Little Big Planet. Uh, the City of Final of, Fantasy. Yeah, uh, Grand, Gran Turismo. That Gran was a Turismo. big one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't think. But I don't as, think, as the category exists as best handheld game, Grand Theft Auto wins because it's on both platforms. Both of it are good experiences. If you had Bell handled no game one. and they presented it as a DS or PSP game, people would have been like, hey, why don't you just do two award categories? I'd like to see and if there was any iPhone nominations in that list. You know there's not, Randy. But you know what? There were a lot of good <laughs> iPhone games this year. There were a lot of them. Yeah, yeah okay, sure. You, you you have fun with that. Moving on. Hey, <laughs> hey dude, seriously, try right. Orlando. It's, it's awesome. I don't own an iPhone. Never will. I don't buy anything with a lowercase i in front of it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> It's intelligent. Not cool. <laughs> Alright, we gotta it's hurry cool. this it's up a little team. bit. We're running low on time. Alright. All right. Best shooter, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2. I don't sure. think there's any contest in that category. Again, uh, what? Best fight. Best for that to win. Yeah. yeah. Best yeah. fighting game, Street Fighter 4. Obviously. What do you think? 
Yeah. Oh, Tekken, Tekken. Oh, Tekken Six, yeah. But I yeah. understand. Yeah, <laughs> much more popular. That was the only one where the game they had one game in there that was kind of like what? <laughs> it was like a Blaze Blue game or something or something weird. Yeah, Blaze Blue. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, everything else, like the categories were all AAA games, and then there's this one random one in the Best Fighting Game uh, nominees, and I was like, oh, okay. So, uh, we talked about Best Action Adventure Game being Assassin's Creed 2, and that not making sense. Uh, best RPG, Dragon Age Origins. Sure. Hell yeah. 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 No contest. Well, I mean, I haven't played the, the DS uh, Mario and Luigi Inside Story, so I mean, that would be I my mean, only competition, I think. It's but. cute, it's fun, but there, there's nothing to compare it to. I mean, it's like, it's little brother, big brother situation here. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, best downloadable game, Shadow Complex. I think it's a good game, uh, but I don't think it was the best one of the year. Again, yeah. throwing a bone. Either Flower yeah. or Shadow Complex got a bone thrown in this awards show. What about, so. what about Fat Princess? Uh, what about Grand Theft Auto that. episodes from Liberty City? What about yeah. <laughs> what about Torchlight for Christ's sake? Well, no, no, no. no love for those. No, 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 episodes from Liberty City was not nominated in that category. They were nominated in the best downloadable content category. Yeah, best DLC, and it won. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, my bad, my bad. So, uh, what about Braid? You know, well, that was just last year, I think. Yeah, yeah. even with PS3 release, it's still a count. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, you're right. It, PS3, uh, it did come out this year, so technically. It's a port. Yeah, it's like I think it was a Bioshock last year. It just mm. it won't work. Mm. Yeah, there's but, a lot. There's a lot of cool games out there that I was kind of like, it's a pretty cool game. So, mm. um, and then finally, the biggest and final category: most anticipated game of 2010, God of War three. Uh, because it'll know. sell the most. Because it'll sell the most. That's why it's the most anticipated. Uh, I and, think. I think it's more than that, though. I think it is. Um, I think. The, I can see why it's the most anticipated game. Obviously, I really like the game, but for what it's what it's claiming it's going to do, I, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, anyone who played the get- demo will see that it's pretty much the same thing. I, I think. I, I mean, honestly, if, if 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 truly this was the game that all the you know sophisticated judges from uh, all the editors from different magazines and stuff, I would have thought they would have chosen Heavy Rain or something like that. Yeah. Well, not even heavy range. It's not God of War three. Yeah, the, yeah, the thing about God of War three is it'll push console sales. Um, oh, look, let's be clear. Think, you guys don't think it sets a new standard for epicness? <laughs> <laughs> I, think it's, wow, I, think it, I opened up my dictionary recently now? and it rewrote epicness and and it said <laughs> God of War three in there. <laughs> no, but yeah. keep seriously. Keep, I think it's going to be an awesome game. But I've played the demo, and from what I can see, I, I mean, obviously, I can't say that the whole game's going to be like that. But it's 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 a lot of the same thing, and let's be clear, that's not a bad thing. No, yeah, no, not a bad thing at all. But yeah, I don't I don't think the same I don't I don't think the same thing equals anticipation. Sure. Yeah, I mean yeah. I'm obviously biased. I'm obviously biased because it's my favorite game. So I well, mean, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Well, anyway, it's let's one of uh, our most anticipated, but just not number one. Just mm. uh, right. Uh, let's, uh, Gavin. Let's go through real quick what uh, what kind of cool games, have, uh, what kind of cool games have uh, been announced at the end of the show, and then we'll uh, we'll round out the podcast. Okay, real quick, just going through these for time's sake. Star Wars: The Force Unleashed two. Yay! First one Sweet. wasn't that good. I like further it. further losing Earth masturbation. Rock on for them. <laughs> um, here's, here's the problem. Here's the problem with the first one. The controls had some issues, and there were some glitches. If you fix yeah. that, that game's amazing. Okay. Oh, well, maybe they should show you pulling down a TIE fighter with your force powers and then make it a practically a quick time event. Just saying. 
Well, you yeah. could do it in a regular game. You could pull them off the racks and chuck them at star- stormtroopers and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, that... And, but, well, okay, oh, you mean sorry. a Star Destroyer, a not a TIE fighter. fighter. Yeah. Ah. How about, how about this? Like, you, you complain about quick-time events, but how about every time in an RPG where you sit there and hit a guy and then you watch a cinematic of the guy dying? Like, I'd rather play the cinematic than watch it. So I think quick-time events are an upgrade from that. Yeah. I'm not saying... Um, I would just... It's not the... That's not my... Um, beat. It's just like, let the game play as advertised, or at least as close to advertised, and that's what's not that's not what I was promised for that section. I mean, yeah, I, I'm still happy with it. It's just like that was that it, it was just a, extremely disappointing. Yeah, you were expecting uh, to pull it out of the sky, turn on your lightsaber, bust inside, and kill the shit out of everybody inside, but that's not what you got. Straight. Right. Okay. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. An odd choice: Green Day Rock Band. That was not the Rock Band game I was uh, anticipating or or predicting. What yeah. about you guys? Uh, who likes Green Day, really? I used to when I was 15. I, <laughs> I still do. I, I, I still do, and I'm and I'm 24. So I I, um, I like I them. Think, I think me and Gavin actually had a, we had a conversation about this that night actually too. And if you just look at if you look at it from the perspective of the number of hits that they've had and like the kind of band they are and the, the kind and, of they have that unique kind of sound. I, I can see why they're making this game. Yeah, and where they came from. They they literally they built themselves up from nothing. Yeah. You know, so they would be an interesting band to follow. Yeah. Although it looks yep. much more streamlined than Beatles rock band. There's not a lot of visual <laughs> difference between that I'm gonna and say this though. I'm gonna say band. this though. It's not going to be difficult to play punk. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 rock band uh, uh, or guitar hero uh, playing the guitar and punk most punk, and I, I can't say this for sure about Green Day, but most punk is like maybe two, three different alterations between notes. So, it's just, yeah. Well, hey, I mean, the, the Beatles drumming is super easy, but I thought it was still fun as hell to play. You know? Yeah. I just hope they keep some sort of theme going like um, they did with the Beatles, because otherwise it's just Guitar Hero. They're not doing any better. The reason that the separate disc of Rock Band was so much better than the separate disc of Guitar Hero was that they really catered the entire experience to the visual aesthetic of the band. And I don't, and I didn't see that in the trailer for Green Day. So that's what I'm hoping for to see in more expanded trailers. But uh, yeah, moving they, on, had the, they had all the album stuff behind them and everything. Well, so I don't not, know. Eh. Well, okay. Moving on. Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia. The Forgotten Sands. Basically, the movie tie-in sort that goes back to the Sands of Time trilogy taking place between Sands of Time and Warrior Within. Uh, with the looking like the movie. Cool. Um, okay. Rock on? Everybody is, rock on? Is, is it the Prince of Persia team? Does anyone know? Um, I don't believe... I believe so. I'm not exactly sure. Do, do we know? Do we have that? Was it, it was not announced at the DGAs who's, who's behind it. So, hopefully, it is our team. But we're moving on again. Halo Reach got a huge in-game cinematic. Um, rock on. Got a Halo Reach around. <laughs> That's not... Moving That's on. Not. Uh, final, probably the biggest one that we all... Every gamer could appreciate. Batman Arkham Asylum. Booyah! Booyah, oh, yeah. But too Everyone soon. Like, going into Gotham. A little too soon. Yeah, yeah but I agree. Yeah. A little too hey, soon. That game's not coming out. This year or next year? Let's. So uh, why did they Because it's because it's something to go off real. It's something to start interest now to start hype, and it's a really good way to open the show. Yeah, I, I really wish that it wasn't Arkham Asylum Two. I wish it was Batman Gotham City. 
I think Ooh. it is. Hey, we didn't get a title. It's just that Arkham has moved. It looks different. I mean, it could be a very different game. It is in the middle of Gotham City. We have the carnival theme. We have a Joker that's very much still affected from last game, but could be, you know, a completely different plot line. It looks like it may take place in the future a little bit, a couple years, maybe a decade. Um, and there was a lot of... Penguin's going to be in it. Hmm? The Penguin's going to be in it, for sure. Yeah, we, you saw the Iceberg Lounge. We saw something yeah. for Toothpaste. We saw something for... Um, we saw Sinus, I believe is... Uh, I forget the term, but Black Mask. There's a lot of good possible villains that could be in there. And it looks like, even oh. if it's the same thing Arkham Asylum was, just in a different setting and give me new bosses, I'm cool. Yeah. I'm wondering if they're going to work off with the Riddler stuff. Mm, It'd be nice. So they... That would make kind of sense, though. Yeah. Since he's oh, we also got it out. We also got a very subtle hint of Catwoman, so that would be nice too. Because they really were to poison Ivy to a to a nice degree, so maybe mm. we'll see that with Catwoman. But yeah, that was Batman: Arkham Asylum two, or Batman: Gotham City, or Batman: Rocksteady two. But yeah. Batman <laughs> Joker's on dialysis. As well. <laughs> yes, he is. Rock <laughs> on. Well, that was the main <laughs> premieres, guys. That was the biggest ones we all remember, anyway. Very cool. Mm. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to wrap up the show then. Uh, the um, Just so everybody knows, the, the reason why at the beginning of the show that we you know we said that Mots was actually our, our special guest this week is because uh, tonight is actually Mots' last night on the podcast. Um, unfortunately, Mots is actually going to be leaving the site for a little bit. Uh, he's not uh, in any trouble from us. Uh, but, uh, or with the law. Or with the law. Or, oh, okay. or with a woman. Or with the law or and a woman. Or a man. Those are speculating. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, unfortunately Mots is leaving us and, and uh, we, we wanted to thank you Mots for absolutely everything you've done uh, with us and, and for us for, and for the whole site uh, since April up until now uh, you have been uh, the, the backbone of eldergeek.com without a doubt thank you I think you exaggerated a bit but thanks you gave a little bit of exotic flavor to everything that you did, Mons. It was a lot of fun. A little Norwegian spice. <laughs> okay, so um, in case anyone is wondering what's going on, uh, I'm actually going into the Norwegian army for a year. Uh, it's not like I'm you know, leaving permanently. I will be back, and I'll probably hang around the site once in a while, but uh, I won't be you know, uh, participating in the same level that I have been previously. So, um, yeah, wish me luck. Yeah, that means so if the site goes down, it's probably not going to go back up nearly as quickly. Because I'm the guy that breaks the shit out of the site, and Mats is the one that fixes the shit out of the site. So um, you should all be crying right now. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thank, thanks for me too, Mats. You're you're amazing, dude. Thanks, you're awesome. Mats. Yes. Don't talk to me. Sometimes when I look into your eyes, I think. You know, I just always imagined you'd be here with us forever, and now that you're leaving, I, I just I don't really know how to deal with that yet. But what I do know is that I love you, and I, and I care about you, and I think about you, and then my prayers will be with you every single night. That's it. He wishes he knew how to quit you. What have you two been doing over Skype when I'm not there? If Uh, I I sit on your black leathery sofa one more time (laughs) and and, and just go to go to nipple fast on you, that would be be something that 
just one more time before you go off to the the Norwegian army with all its big men and their Viking horns and their ears and and their Thor hammers and well that would just be great. So, <laughs> so everybody, that's the end of our show. <laughs> I'm very confused and frightened. <laughs> all right, bye. <laughs> And that's all for this week. And uh, well, we're going to take we're going to take a little hiatus for the next two weeks during the holiday season, and we'll be back on sometime in early January. Yeah. So in the meantime, be sure to check out our Game of the Year awards, and also be sure to be coming back to the site regularly to be checking out our coverage over at Magfest in uh, Alexandria, Virginia. Awesome. Woo! Woo! Later, dude. <laughs> Later, everybody. You, you are the wind